Welcome back to episode 27 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. I'm recording live from the Isle of Mull this week, which is an island off the west coast of Scotland as I'm away on a family holiday. As a result, this week's episode will be a little bit shorter than the normal, but don't worry, we've still got a weekly update on our training as well as the running world. Lads, how are we doing? How are we doing all? How are we doing? Good to see you, Ben. How's the holiday going? It's lovely, thank you. Got a really nice little spot here. Very secluded, literally no houses within about probably a five to ten mile radius quite nice Jeez, got our own yeah. little beach let's hope nothing happens to you otherwise the emergency services won't get there fast <laughs> yeah I, I thought that today actually i went for a run and i wore the um prime x which are a 50 mil stack kite shoe um and i was running down this hill at some fair rate of knots and i thought to myself if i fall over here and break or sprain an ankle or whatever there's going to be probably about i don't know half an hour before an ambulance gets to gets to where we are um unless i get helicoptered off the island so yeah got to play it a little bit careful over the next few days hmm. tom how what? are you any emergency services incidents no no i've actually had a, an incredibly um laid back weekend compared to normal i don't have summer this weekend so i've i've not done an awful lot i went for a, a little walk with my mum this afternoon we went to some poppy fields <laughs> Oh, wholesome. Was, uh, very yeah. nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's very wholesome. And then I had a blood orange, San Pellegrino, oh. at a little canal cafe. Pretty. So, yeah, happy days. Elite drink. Not as good as the, the Limonata, personally, but still an elite drink. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm just a bit too used to the to the lemon one. Yeah, you know? that would be my argument. The Limonata yeah. is, the, is a classic, but I've had probably about, oh, I don't know, about 100 cans of that in my lifetime. Mm. When it comes to the blood orange, maybe only, you know, five to ten yeah well yeah. In, interestingly enough the limonata was actually um you know subject to the, the the strict sugar tax rules that came in a few years ago and uh, actually they changed from the original recipe so i don't know if you've ever noticed the difference lads but uh i'm a bit of a san pellegrino fan myself and, uh, <laughs> you'll 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 they notice, change the recipe you'll notice, out you'll notice that it's it's new recipe now um i mean if you do go on amazon us you can still uh, track down some original recipe uh ones i'm sure but there you go. That's a little fact for you all. Hmm. What other flavours have they got? I'm just having a look. Ones that I haven't tried. Oh, if you um, if you go abroad, um, hmm. to to the Holy Land where they where it originates from, you can get some funky flavours that you can't get in the UK. Wow, I've not seen. Um, have you had the pom pompelmo flavour before? Is, is that Breakthrough? like is, yeah? Is it like dark red? Dark red? No, it's like a limey type oh, colour. No, no, can not had that. No, yeah. grapefruit. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't had that one. No, that sounds nice. Some fancy ones. You can yeah. buy the full range for £21 on Amazon. There maybe that, maybe when, if, if running dries up, Ben, that could be a little YouTube video for you. That trying every San Pellegrino flavour. <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> that would be a pretty good video. Or oh, you, you could do running a marathon on sparkling water. So at the drink stops, you have sparkling rather than still. That could be good. Wow. Look at this. There's I'm a lemon a, and uh, mint flavour as well. I can't believe we just said this is going to be a shorter episode and we've just wasted a good two minutes of me just telling you about drinks. Um, should we jump Should we jump into the running, boys? Yes. Let's do it. Who wants to kick us off? Also, did someone just take like the deepest sigh in the world there? I think that's Tom. Fairly deep there, was, there was some breathing going on there, mate. I'm not that boring. Jesus. Right. <laughs> uh, maybe that's... you said running running weeks and Tom was like, oh, can't Here run we yet, go mate. again. Yeah. Here we go. He's here for the Sam Pelly chat. Right. Anyway. Um, June the 12th, that was the start of this week, which was a Monday as usual. I did 9.1 miles in the morning at 6.53, so just over an hour. 
Uh, and this is when all of this week up until about today in the UK, for non-UK listeners, we've had um, outstanding weather for most of England. Um, so, yeah, this was a, a lovely run, uh, as all my runs were this week. Uh, in the afternoon, oh, I didn't double. Sorry, just a single on Monday. Uh, oh, how can that be right? Is June the 12th a Monday? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry, I'm confused because I did my session later in the week. Cool. Um, so Tuesday, I did 7.7 miles in the morning at 6.43s. Again, nothing really to report. And I doubled in the evening. I did 3.64 miles at 6.45, so about 25 minutes. Um, yeah, solid double on a Tuesday um, because rather than a session, I had the session on Wednesday this week. So a little bit more time to recover after my race. And also uh, Jeremy Dempsey, a uh, Cambridge runner, was he kind of is going away for the summer for part of his like medical placement. So he has to squeeze in as many races as he can before he goes. And one of his big goals for the last couple of years has been to break four uh, for the mile because his PB has been 4.000 something. So he's basically been as close as you can get. So we assembled an all-star team to go down to St. Ives uh, for the quote-unquote St. Ives Dream Mile, which officially titled is the Cambridgeshire <laughs> Open Meeting. But that's what I've labeled it. Um, warm up as normal for me. And then I paced a kilometer of the mile at 229.00 on my watch. So it doesn't get much better than that. Um, Jeremy, is that, what, is that what you wanted? Yeah, 229 through the K is what we said. Is that four minutes a mile? Is that what? Sorry. Is it four minute a mile pace? Uh, 229. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, it's 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 longer than a, a K because it's technically one thousand and nine meters because you start a bit further back. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, so it's yeah, quote unquote kilometer. Um, it basically meant Jeremy had to run ninety seconds for the last six hundred, so that's four minute dead pace or like you know four oh one pace technically. Um, so yeah, Jeremy completed it three fifty nine twenty eight. Uh, outstanding scenes for everyone, but not me because I had to dash over take my spikes off, put my shoes on, and then I had a three-mile tempo at 5.13s average uh, around some of the grass fields and a bit on the track. And then I had uh, three 400s to finish off 60 seconds in 59, 58, and 57. So getting down to 1,500 pace off short recovery with the K in my legs. So, yeah, felt surprisingly good, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, great for Jeremy to do that and always good to help and pace your teammates, but also really good to get a really good quality 1K rep in that you probably wouldn't do in training uh, and some more laps on the track, you get used to racing, things like that. So that was a great session that on Wednesday night, um, which brings us to Thursday, where I did 9.2 miles at 6.30s. Um, got kind of rolling a little bit on this run, to be honest. Don't know if I was sort of pumped up from the night before's events or whether I'm just starting to feel a bit fit and stuff like that. But it's so nice to have no niggles and be enjoying running at the moment. I think the weather's helped a lot as well. So um, yeah, lovely run that one was uh, on Thursday. You've um, you've even posted a lovely picture of some flowers on Strava here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you must have been in a good mood. Yeah, well, <laughs> actually, Tom, the reason I've posted this is because they're, yeah, they're pretty unique, <laughs> pretty unique flowers for my... <laughs> for my usual route you know like i see a lot of, i see a lot of the same old stuff and i stopped and i thought blimey that's a that's a whole bunch of different colors in one little wildflower section there so yeah snapped a little pic it actually coincided with me i don't know if you ever get this boys but when i'm when i'm sweating uh, a lot and i'm running and i'm wearing a vest even if i have sunglasses on like sweat just gets in my eyes so much i, I hate the feeling of like the sweat being on your brow and going in your eyes so i have to keep constantly stopping and um I'm wiping my brow, but for this particular run, I had my t-shirt off and it was tucked into the back of my shorts. So occasionally I did actually have to stop, get the t-shirt out, 
give my face a little bit of a wipe and put it in. And as I stopped, I thought, wow, bloody beautiful flowers. Let me snap a pick, put it on Strava, and uh, there you go. Lovely Happy stuff. days. Lovely stuff. Oh, look, next next activity, we've got a photo as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite a oh. photographer this week. Another <laughs> photo on this one. So this, are we on Friday now? I'm no. not complaining. Yeah, I think we're on Friday now, right? Yeah. On to Friday um, the 16th. So fr Friday morning, I did eight miles exactly at 6.42s. Again, a new route explored, um, making use of the fact that uh, at this time of year, you don't risk dying in a flood if you go near the river in Cambridge uh, because the water level is very manageable. So doing some different trails, not getting muddy or um, falling in potholes because you can actually see because the grass is cut. So, yeah, nice picture attached. If you want to see any of these photos, you can follow me on Strava. It's Callum Elson. Um <laughs> In the afternoon, I doubled 3.21 miles at 6.48, just over 20 minutes. That one, a very boring route and no photo attached, I'm afraid. You don't really get many photos attached in the evening from me. I'm a down-to-business sort of person in the evening, you know, no, no snapping away. Um, Saturday, this was a great session, actually, one of the best sessions I've done in a while. Um, we actually chose to do this on the grass, um, so a bit out of my regular wheelhouse, um, but... This was around a cricket pitch, so not exactly 400. Um, but Phil O'Dell, one of our coaches, did take his wheel out and, and measured uh, a 400 split and also a 1200, which is what we needed for the session. So cheers for that, Phil. Uh, four sets of 1200, two minutes rest, 400, and then five minutes between each of the sets. Um, really good paces on this, actually. I was, I was really surprised. I did the first set in Vaporfly, and it just... Didn't feel quite right on the grass. I think you benefit a lot from like the response you get from concrete when you wear like a super shoe. So I switched into spikes uh, for the three other sets, and yeah, I felt unbelievable to be fair. Um, so yeah, about three eighteen average, three seventeen to three nineteen for the twelve hundred. So that's about sixty six seconds per lap. So five k pace, thirteen forty five five k pace, and then uh, for the four hundred, started at fifty eight and got down to fifty five. So again, about fifteen hundred pace a little bit quicker than 1500 pace um so yeah lovely session that we had a, a great group for that um and a very enjoyable what were the recoveries on that one two minutes between the 1200 and the 400 rep and then five minutes between the sets nice i was gonna say yeah, it's a good bit of quality there yeah yeah great very great nice session. uh and that time's nicely because i'm actually racing so we're recording on a sunday i did the session yesterday and i'm racing on wednesday so yeah the, the timing worked out nicely for that um little cool down and then that brings us to today so because i'm racing on wednesday um no long run for me today so i did 7.38 miles at 701 miling this morning and then to be decided whether i double after we've recorded the podcast i might go for a little jog i might not it is on the plan to double but i might just park it where i am for the week i'm pretty happy with you know where i am at and how i feel and maybe benefit from a bit of extra rest so yeah, solid week, 66.9 miles, you know, potentially a, a couple of more miles if I add them on this afternoon, but uh, this tonight, sorry, but unlikely. Two solid sessions and yeah, feeling good, feeling fit, confident, the weather's good and um, yeah, enjoying my running, boys. That's my week. I've, um, good stuff, I've, mate. Well done. I've, I've got a question for both of you boys, actually. When it comes to your training weeks, obviously this wasn't crazy volume um, or anything, but how do you fit it in around um, normal life? So you both got lovely other halves, haven't you? Like, how do they respond to you Question. training as much as you do? Like doubling, you know, like especially you, Ben, when you're doing 100, 100 plus miles a week. How how do you navigate that with your with your partners? Yeah, most of the time, 
for me it's a case of getting out early or late or just trying to fit it in around the plans so for example this week i've gone on holiday so i'm just trying to be as much as as what's the word not as much the as less of a nuisance as possible Flex, flexible and like not make it seem like oh we have to cater for ben's running mm. yeah exactly um understanding meg um when it comes to like session days or for example today sunday was a long run so uh she knew that it's like a bit more important than my use so it's just trying to fit it around and try and be as as respectful and accommodating as possible but yeah just having an understanding partner really does help i guess yeah i say look do you want to come to la 2028 olympics or what i'm off for a run <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Alice, Alice definitely doesn't listen to this bollocks anyway, so I could say whatever I want. Nah, yeah. To be honest, I do most of my running during the work day in the week when Alice is working anyway, so that doesn't affect anything. Um, my schedule is pretty much dictated. It's the same. It's dictated based off the work I have to do. To be honest, so if I've got certain calls or meetings or things that I need to do in the day, I try and fit my my running around that. And then the main driver, honestly, is the group. If if the group's training at a certain times, so like this week. the Wednesday and the Saturday was preferable for me to get some really good quality in. And if that meant breaking away from my Tuesday, Friday schedule to fit with those really good guys, then I felt it was worth doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, blessed to not have a very rigid daily schedule so I can do the training. But, um, yeah, good question, I think, Tom, because a lot of people do actually message our account, I've noticed, and say, like, I only have this amount of time available. How should I make the most of it? Or they'll say, like, I can only run 30 miles a week. Like, what should I prioritize? Um, and I think it is a, a question that a lot of people need to think about of how much quality do you get in if you can't afford because of family life or job or, or bad knees or whatever to not spend your whole week just doing 80 miles. Um, Yeah. Mm. it's an interesting one. I think for me that was probably one of the biggest like factors in trying to change my career path from the chefing job I used to have because I just couldn't train to the volume that I wanted to to then being like look I can I've started to make a tiny bit of an income here from from YouTube and content creation if I just fully commit to it uh, hopefully I can earn enough money to pay the bills and that will then allow me to train basically to the level of a, a full-time athlete which is what I've wanted to do and been pretty fortunate to do over the last few years so yeah if you're out there and you've got a, a nine to five job uh, and you're looking to maybe go down the route of going part-time to try and take it a bit more seriously then I say go for it if you're if you financially can obviously I know a lot of people are not going to be able to with like families and, and stuff like that but for me that was a huge change when I quit my chefing job and went full-time content I've been able to basically put my running first And the the YouTube of like is there to complement it, but also to allow me to train to the level that I want to, if that makes sense. I would say don't I'd say don't go part time to to do your running unless you're really good. Genuinely. Mm. Like if you just love exercise and running, like there's bigger things in the world, do you know what I mean? But if you're like I, I don't know. I think it can just be a, a slippery slope with people like dropping shifts because they want to do some extra training or do whatever. I think there's enough people out there that have a nine to five job and work really hard in really professional careers and are still significantly better or have a significantly better PB than I do, than Ben does, than Tom does, who all have different, Yeah, that's very true. do you know what I mean? So like, I would, I think there's definitely ways you can make it work. The answer is not necessarily, oh, I need more time. Of course it's beneficial, but trust me, there's like, I train with guys that are running 28, 20 for 10 K and they go and bloody, you know, plan
Yeah, there's, there's some animals out there, aren't there, in the in the local club scenes. You've got people who are doing, you know, like we say, 100 mile a week. They're, you know, sub-elite runners who have also got full-time jobs and families and are managing it. Um, I was just wondering, like, how you guys specifically manage it from, like, a communication standpoint. Because I suppose that's the key, right? You've got other shit yeah, going definitely. on, but you've got a serious, you've got a big session on a Tuesday. You're planning to do a 20 mile long run on the, on the Sunday with some marathon pace stuff thrown in there. I suppose you've just got to be as transparent as possible, right? And um, yeah, communicate ahead of time. Yeah, yeah 100%. And like, I, and like, it literally is Ben's job. So like, I think it's very <laughs> yeah. much saying like, it's like the way you have to approach it almost is like if your partner said that they're going on a work trip, then that's their job. Do you get what I mean? Like they kind of got to do it if they've got a meeting at lunchtime. So you can't go on a walk with them at lunchtime. It's like, that's their job kind of thing. So I think it, depending on what specific situation is and how much you can justify it, it's kind of like, look, let me just do it for now. And when I get shit, trust me, I'll be the first to tell you I'm shit. We can do whatever you want the whole time. You know what I mean? Um, but while I've got a half decent chance of doing it, then, you know, you've got to prioritize certain things. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Nice. Sweet. Can I jump, go through my week quickly? Yeah. Go yeah. On, mate. All righty then. So for me, Monday was a double day. I did 90 minutes in the morning, uh, 4.24 per kilometer pace. And then I was in the gym in the evening, um, I did some core and a few new exercises, uh, lower lower body legs and uh, a few calf exercises, uh, followed by a 30 minutes treadmill, uh, seven kilometers at 4.08 pace. Um, and then on to Tuesday, which is my first uh, session day of the week. Um, I again was down on the treadmill for this one. I think this was the day I put up a story about why I decided to do this one on the treadmill, basically because um, there was nobody ve- about uh doing my sort of session uh, and i just wanted to to get a bit of quality down on the treadmill so this was four by five minutes at a 5k pace or maybe slightly faster than 5k pace um a 255 per kilometer and with two minutes standing recoveries and then i was planning to do six by one minutes at slightly faster um but i'd spent the whole weekend in a car basically back and forth from manchester and uh this week i've had a little bit of tightness in my lower back I think it stems from my hamstrings just getting tight from being in a car um, and my back sort of flares up probably once or twice a year. Um, so I've had that to to deal with. So I decided not to do the six by one minutes because just I thought it, my back might loosen up. But after the five minute reps, it was still fairly tight and I didn't want to risk doing something a bit more intense and and twinging something. So, yeah, could just did the new, warm down. It could be the new gym exercises too. maybe put a little bit more strain on it. A bit of extra yeah, around. yeah, that's true. Um, and then on to Wednesday, uh, I got a 10 miler in, in the morning, um, before heading off to London, um, to do, uh, the summer, uh, shoot campaign with, with pro direct. I'm sure Tom will talk through a little bit more about that in his week. Um, so yeah, 10 miles in the morning, 16.25 kilometers at 4.15 per kilometer pace. I would like to add here as well. I got a lovely picture of Ben sat wearing nothing but a towel eating one of his simmer eats ready <laughs> yeah. after this run as well i enjoyed that it was good yeah i got back at about well 11 30 and i thought right i've got to have my lunch now otherwise i'm not going to have it at all today and it was definitely a good decision because we had a full day of shooting and uh, didn't get home till about 11 30 12 o'clock at night so definitely no chance for a double that day um, then on to Thursday next, which was my second session day of the week. Uh, so I just did a, 
an hour easy in the morning, 12 kilometers at 4.38 pace, and then followed by a track session. And this is probably one of the best track sh sessions I've, I've done in terms of how it felt. It just felt super cruisy. Um, but I think having had a bit of a down week the previous week and, and tapered a little bit, not completing a full session on Tuesday, um, everything just sort of clicked on this one and I felt felt really, really good. So the session was four by a kilometre with one minute 30 standing recoveries. Uh, then I changed into spikes and I did 10 by 400 with 60 second recoveries. Uh, and the kilometres, I averaged uh, 257, a few 255s. Uh, and for this session, I was gonna, I was aiming for around 305s, um, but I didn't look at my watch for, for the first rep. And to be honest with you, 257 felt really comfortable um, on fresh legs. So that was a great confidence booster. So I just kept the kilometers at that pace. And then for the 400s, I started at 66, um, which is around my 1500 meter pace, uh, and then worked it down to sort of 63s to finish. Um, and apart from a blister on my left foot in during the, the 400 reps, it was a really good session. Had the, had the full squad down there. Uh, we had Seb, Luke, and Joe, which we had, which has been a long time since we've had like the full Chelmsford squad. It's not a big squad, but in our little group anyway. So it's nice to do the warm up and cool down with them. And then is is the warm up to... in, is, is the warm up included in that session? Sorry, the seven point five two miles. Yeah, so yeah, I forgot yeah, yeah. to I forgot to pause and start a new activity, which I usually would do. Um, no, I was just trying to work it out because I was like, Jesus, is he like, I was wondering what the, if you just jogged loads of recoveries or something, because that seemed like really far distance, but that makes sense. Yeah, the warm up was included in the workout and then the cool down was separate. Um, on to Friday. So this is when I drove, uh, well, I didn't drive the whole way, but um, we drove down to, or up, sorry, to Glasgow. So I got uh, about an hour running in the morning and I ran 10.92 kilometers at 5.09 pace um, at six o'clock in the morning. My body was really tired this day, I think from that, that decent session. You've, uh, had a big, I... you've had a big few days here, like just because of, um, I know that, that shoot, like it, it's, I don't know, it might sound a little bit easy, like you're not doing loads of running whilst we're doing that shoot, but you're on your feet in the sun from what, when did we start? Like 12 -ish? Started at 12 and finished it. About eleven, half, didn't we? Yeah, half ten. Well, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, we were shooting out in the sun until about half eight-ish, weren't we? But hmm. then you're then you're up doing your your easy run. Then you've got a hard track session. Then you're up at and that's a long that's a long easy run before you've got a session as well. Yeah, a, yeah. an hmm. hour of running. So yeah. and then yeah, and then you're up at six to do a yeah a very easy run before driving for how many hours did you say? Um, we left at eight o'clock in the morning. We got there at six in the evening, so <laughs> ten hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hefty. That's, yeah, that's a serious few days. You must have been absolutely on your ass. Mm, yeah, it was pretty knackered. I think in the evening I felt pretty good actually after the drive. So I think yeah, sometimes your body just needs a real easy recovery run, um, which probably was a bit of a blessing getting out before the car journey because it sort of loosened me up a little bit. Otherwise, I've, if I think. I still had the session in my legs from the night before. I'd have been pretty knackered. Um, but yeah, on, on that Friday evening, we got to the hotel, as I said, at about six o'clock. And then we all went down to the gym and spa. Uh, Meg's parents, as well as Meg. Um, I think Meg's parents did a bit of um, a bit of gymming as well. Simon was on the 
on the cross trainer. Bernadette did a bit of Pilates and Meg swam for half an hour. So that was really nice. Brilliant. Um, and then I jumped in the pool, did 10 minutes of swimming, trying to keep up with Meg's. Um, but yeah, uh, she's much, much better swimmer than I am. And I was absolutely cooked getting out of breath. And she was just like, oh, I do this for about 45 minutes to an hour. So yeah, that was humbling. Then on to Saturday morning. This was the day we drove from Glasgow up to the Isle of Mull. Um, I got out at seven o'clock in the morning for a 10K along a lovely canal path that I've got here, Tom Fowler in heaven. It reminded mm. me of, of your little route, um, but it was all, interestingly all paved. It might have been nice if this was sort of gravel, but anyway, nice little 10K in Glasgow. Drove up to the Isle of Mull and I got a 15 kilometer run in the evening. So 25K double. And then finally today was my weekly long run. So I got out for just over two hours today, 30 odd kilometers at 4.11 pace. Um, really nice route. There's some proper big hills within the first sort of like five kilometers of, of the route, which meant at the very end of my long run, I had to navigate them to get back to the, back to the, um, to the house we're staying in. So yeah, I think I'm going to be pretty sore tomorrow, even though the pace wasn't like mad hot for me for my long runs. Uh, effort level was was definitely a lot higher than than normal so yeah good week of running back to around that 160 kilometer mark um after a down week so hopefully i can keep that sort of level i'll probably train a bit more to to time over the next week or to 10 days because the terrain here is so different but yeah two sessions a nice long run and and a travel up to to the lovely isle of mull was my week why um why was it the Isle of Mull out of interest? I don't think we've explored if there's any significance to this place. Yeah, yeah. Meg's I was, family or I was thinking that also. I was thinking you can get like every local legend because there's you're there for ten days on the Isle of Mull. You must just be able to rinse it, I reckon. Yeah. Um. So the reason we're in the Isle of Mull is, um, Meg's family are quite into their like walking nature, that sort of stuff. So there's some really like, um, rare birds of prey around here um oh what, so, what, what birds they got oh i don't really pay a lot oh of you're speaking to, to the pro a proper i'm really into my uh my, my birds when it comes to nature so i think the biggest one is the gold is a golden eagles all right all right sea eagles something like that um which literally are nesting in the bay around the corner from us so everyone's it's... been very excited about that and sea otters as well You've got to tell them to come down to Cambridge. We've just had uh, two or three new peregrine falcons who have recently just uh, fl <laughs> recently just flown the nest. I'm part of the uh, Cambridge Peregrine Club on Facebook. Yeah, everyone should join that, actually. It'd be good to get some more people in there. And, um, yeah, a group of photographers go out every morning and send us updates of um, what the peregrine family are up to and these amazing pictures. Well, I'll put one on, on the Instagram so people can see what I'm talking about. Hmm. That'd be great. Ben, ben um... you, could, you could get yourself down to the Scottish Orn the scottish ornithologists club on the isle of mull what's um, that i don't really know what an or ornithologist is but they no. um no do i uh you've got some song thrushes um some dunnocks some tree creepers some stone chat birds i've just remembered yeah. tom on the, on. on the last episode ben didn't actually know where he was going did he no. So no, Ben, how, how's it turned out? Is the place nice? Is it? You know, what, tell us the setup. What's the holiday? Setup? Yeah, the place is incredible. So it's literally as remote as you possibly could be. Um, we drove. We got onto a ferry, which took us an hour to the Isle of Mull, and then from the ferry, we drove for forty-five minutes on a single-track road, 
um, to this place. So there's no shops or anything on the island. There's 14 of us staying in this massive house. It's almost like a castle um, on the very sort of edge of a, of a cliff. And then there's about a five minute walk down to a beach. I said very hilly terrain, um, both sort of directions. There's only, it's going to be a lot of out and backs because obviously there's only this little, um, little road. And I don't really fancy doing that much trail running considering it's like, I'm talking proper like steep cliff edges. It's not really, it wouldn't be running if I was, on those if it would be more like scrambling if if you know what i mean so i don't really want to risk it uh trying to run like i don't know 10 15 kilometers on that sort of terrain maybe i'll, I'll do a bit of walk walking and and swimming over the next next week but um yeah it's a really nice place nice to have the whole family here and it just reminds me i've got to be off the call at half past seven for for the family dinner so we better get cracking all, all I was going to say is, have either of you boys started watching the new series of Black Mirror yet? No, I've not watched it. New series? Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, there's, there's a good? new series. I wouldn't watch episode two if I was you, Ben. I watched it today, right. and it's um, it's you don't uh, have to watch it now, though. You know that. Yeah, it's all focused around like a really small little Scottish. I think it's a Scottish village, um, where there were some sinister goings on, and it reminds me of the Isle of Mull quite, quite a lot. Um, there we go. So, yeah. Maybe give it a go if you want a want a bit of a fright on an evening. All right, I'll I'll recommend it to the the other fourteen people that I'm staying with. Sounds yeah. good. I know you're in a rush, Ben, but don't worry because it's Tom's week next, so we know how quick that goes. <laughs> right. Uh, last little bit. Um, don't forget, guys, that the Bulldog Skincare Strava Challenge oh. is still up and running. <laughs> but... They've not paid. They've not paid to be on the podcast. We can't exactly. Be... Ben's not put this in his package. My deliverable in my contract. There is no deliverables on the podcast, so yeah. you're just giving him a free one there. Tom. Yeah. So fuck Bulldog. You heard that. <laughs> and listen, Heath Skincare. Shout out to you because you sent me some shower gel a few months ago. So big up to you. Oh, Deary me. Um, Okie dokie. My week. Uh, I'm not going to bother going through like Monday to to Sunday because it's pretty straightforward. I'm doing the same three day cycle. I'm doing the same strength and conditioning stuff in the gym, supplemented with the bike. But um, I've just pulled up my last email from Rose, and uh, once again, um, big shout out to Rose, uh, PodiumPhysiotherapy.co.uk. She treated her first customer who came from the podcast the other day. And oh, I was the commission's yeah. not arrived in my bank account, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get her to have a look at that. Um, ping her an invoice, but no, like that's uh, that was very wholesome. I was very, very happy to hear that. So, whoever you are, obviously, she didn't disclose any of that information. Um, yeah, you're in, you're in very safe hands. But the most exciting part is it's now been two weeks of this bike and um, strength stuff, which means that tomorrow. Uh, I can start doing some running drills and it says strides. She doesn't mean like, you know, like strides up to 90% effort. It's like 50% type effort for about 50 meters. But I can now in this weekly routine thing, I can do day one of drills, um, A skips, B skips, all the usual stuff. And just some very short strides, just getting used to running again, basically. Then bike, then strength. Um, and then off on the fourth day and repeat that. Uh, and then if that all goes well, it's, uh, yeah, we're literally a week or two away from um, 
our next catch up, which will be specifically discussing a return to running. So getting back into a an actual routine of doing some run walk and gradually building that up of, over time. Um, How does so, that yeah. feel, mate? Are you nervous, excited, scared, all of the above? I'm uh, I'm ready. I think is the key word. Like there's, yeah. there's been lots of ups and downs over this whole four month process, but I'm really glad now that I haven't rushed it and I did try and after the initial stupidity of getting on a bike too soon before I had any kind of diagnosis, I'm I'm sort of happy that I ate and up drank too much and basically forgot about running and didn't um, get in my head about it for for a good whack of that because it means that now mm. um, I'm you know I'm feeling pretty fresh and strong and ready to to crack on with it which is a nice place to be there's there's zero doubt in my head um, that when I do these drills and when I go back to the return to run there's no doubt that it's going to be uncomfortable like I, I'm I'm very very confident that you know, this is the right time to start doing it and that it should just be, it's never going to be perfectly linear, but it should be, um, yeah, well-timed. So mm. I'm excited. It's it's a little bit of an anticlimax, I'll be honest, because it's like, yes, finally back running and I'll be doing, you know, one minute run, two minute walk times three the first time around. So it's like, you're so close, but you, you have to rein it in so much and still be so patient with it. Um and I think that's what will be the, the biggest struggle. But yeah, I'm I'm raring to go now. It's mm. a, it's the small wins though. Like we always say, it's I, I've got um, an athlete that I coach at the moment, Laura, who is an extremely talented athlete. I've been coaching her for well over a year now, and has had some great results over the marathon. But recently picked up you know a pretty serious injury and had some other things going on. And we've been you know on the rehab train the last couple of months. And she sent me a message this weekend saying like. Uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was basically celebrating that she was running under nine minute miles again. And this is a runner who's done a marathon at like, you know, seven minute mile pace. She's a seriously quick runner. Um, so the fact that like, it made me realize like, yeah, you know what, when you've not run for so long, you, it's not a case of like, oh God, I'm so far away from where I want to be. You do just realize that you can celebrate the little wins, the, you know, the first 30 minute continuous run, the first time you're under this sub minute miles, the first session you do. So, yeah, I think it'll be exciting, Tom, because every week, once you're back on it, every week you're going to come back to the episode with a new little kind of achievement unlocked, if you get what I mean. And I think it'll actually, knowing your personality, I think it'll actually keep you really motivated to be able to tick off this big checklist of things that you know your body can do. You just, just a case of getting back to doing them. Um, and before you know it, it'll be like, oh, Tom's got his first race this weekend and that'll be the, the final box ticked. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's nice just to be honest with yourself, but also on this podcast about how um, how it feels. And I think Becky Briggs has done an amazing job at that as well. I don't know if you saw the post she put mm. up. Um, was it today? Yeah, t- was, today. Yeah. So she raced the Fast 5000 in uh, Paris a couple of weeks ago. It didn't go, it wasn't a, a amazing race for her and then she tried to pull up um and race one of the podiums uh yesterday and that also didn't go well um and she she put up a lovely post just being really transparent about the return to injury and how she's not quite there yet and all that kind of stuff so having someone like that who's been there done it got the t-shirt double sacral stress fractures bilateral Mm. sacral stress fractures which is yeah unimaginable um you know it's it's sad in a way to see that it's it's taken so long to come back and be you know back where you were before um 
but it's also amazingly valuable for someone like me to see you're not just going to click your fingers, get back on a start line and run a PB. Like it's going to take a long time. Um, and this is just like step one of getting back to, you know, running how I want to run and running how I feel like I, I should be running. So yeah, shout out to Becky for being transparent and sharing that whole journey, not just all of the, all of the good bits. Yeah. hundred percent. I think she's a definite like proper role model within the almost professional athlete field of showing the ups and downs in their training and i think a lot of people speak to becky and can take value from her story whereas like athletes that keep themselves closed away don't share their training don't share when they get injuries because they're fearful of like i don't know sponsors knowing that they're not going to be able to perform at their best yeah um i think yeah becky's a great example of somebody who shares the the highs and lows and yeah wish her all the best with the return but yeah it just goes to show it's not going to be a like a linear road like you said but i'm sure she'll she'll enjoy the process now she's up up back and running and she's only gonna i'm sure it won't take her too long to get back to to where she was at this time sort of last summer so yeah it'd be exciting to see comeback story everyone loves a comeback story yeah absolutely i know becky listens as well so just because the other two have given you a compliment (laughs) becky i will as well so um yeah really good page good posts um lovely hair lovely hair good running keep it going and now we're all on an equal equal platform (laughs) (laughs) amazing right let's uh let's rattle through some running news but first of all i think we need to address uh nikki hiltz because on the last episode we uh made a bit of an oversight didn't we when we were talking about the results and we referred Mm -hmm. to to nikki as uh her or she her um when her pronouns are her preferred pronouns are yeah yeah um so yeah it's uh, we appreciate i think there are a couple of people who reached out about it and it's just a it was an oversight from our side wasn't it so um just got to try and be better haven't we really boys yeah the, the couple of people that messaged thank you so much for messaging and they did it in such an appropriate way where mm. they understood it was not anything malicious from us or just kind of like any sort of political views it was very much when we read the categories that were given which is male and female it's just default for us to use the kind of standard pronouns if you will um so thanks to the people that did reach out about that um for making it known and we thought rather than brush it under the carpet we may as well address it for people who didn't have the confidence to listen but uh, to uh, messages but listened and thought ah oh, those guys have uh, you know no compassion so yeah mm. apologies for that and if we do it in the future it's just complete uh, like oversight you know it's nothing um that we've we've meant i think did i just do it as well when i was explaining yeah you accidentally yeah. did it but that's all right that just shows you see, you didn't mean to do it you know no but uh, yeah we'll just uh, let's just help each other out in that as well and call ourselves out if we do see ourselves doing mm-hmm. it and be more vigilant with it Defos. yeah, well said, boys. yeah I, I will warn you though i am going to presume jacob kiplimo's pronouns now when i talk about his 5k so <laughs> just give it a warning to all the listeners out there i've not i've not run this pascajelcha or kiplimo um oslo diamond league 5k absolutely rapid and not only rapid as well really close which mm. is is probably the best blend that you can possibly have right you want it to be as fast as possible whilst also not being a one horse race and these guys were separated by 0.003 so it was a photo finish that is um, insane Kajelcha got given the win Kiplimo in second and they closed their last kilometer in 224 
which you know for context i'm supposed to be a middle i'm supposed to be a middle distance runner and i do the first kilometer of my 1500 in 226 so yeah and that's that's 355 mile pace so yeah it's pretty bonkers how fast they ran um incredible race you should go on youtube and and watch it back even if you just watch the last kind of 800 if you haven't already um because that's proper proper racing did you watch it boys yeah yeah i I was glued to that It, it feels like um I don't know. It just feels like there's more of a buzz around athletics at the moment. I don't know what it is. It's just coming thick and fast, isn't it? In I think every single because, event. I, I genuinely think it's because everyone's running fast. Yeah. But it used to be this buzz when it was like, back when Centro was winning everything, right? In like 2011, 2012. Um, and it was a case of like, okay, we know a 1500, for example, is going to be jogged for 1100, but then it's going to be the best burn up you've ever seen for 400. It's going to be eyeballs out. They're going to run 51 seconds. It's going to be nuts. And in that situation, anyone can win it. I feel like now with the diamond leagues and stuff, because it's, it's fast times, you don't want to miss it because you think, you know what? A world record could probably get broken here or like someone's going to run something nuts because everyone just seems to be absolutely flying right now. And I think it must just be like advancements in training methods, you know, like everyone must've just looked at, what each other's doing because this year everyone is just absolutely flying as we'll come on to in some of the other races. So yeah, that was a, a seriously good race. I think a, a good thing as well is a lot of these stories are breaking out of the running niche. So for example, when somebody runs a world record that gets put all over BBC, like, and people who are not really interested in athletics are like, Oh, someone just ran like a ridiculously fast time. And then they click on the story, they get into it. They're like, Oh, they're ready. Then next Diamond League, I might. I like watching athletics. I might put that on. You know, I think mm. it's really good for the sport seeing all these fast times at the moment because it's really encouraging people to to watch these races because they're just super exciting. Um, much more so than when there's somebody like dominant in a in a race that you just sort of know is going to win. Um, when the when the results are a little bit like, oh, he could win, he could win, he could win, like, or she could win. Um, well, I think yeah, it makes it, it makes it really really exciting yeah i think yeah. It, it just gives it's a bit like the the old analogy of like oh when roger bannister broke four a couple of weeks after you know eight other people did or whatever the actual story is i always forget what the the accuracies is but it's more the mental barrier of once one person proves it's possible everyone else starts to believe and i think there's a massive trickle down effect like this where you watch on tv the best athletes in the world run 1240 that makes the guys that have run 13.10 think maybe I could get under 13. And then the 13.30 guys are thinking, well, I've just seen them improve, so maybe I can. And then it, it goes all the way up. And I think it, I'm seeing people who I would classify as a similar ability to me or were kind of in the same bracket that are now going out and running 3.35, 3.36 because they've just got the belief because they've seen the guys that ran 3.35 last year are now breaking through and running 3.32, 3.33. Makes so everyone step up. I think it does trickle down and just the, the whole caliber of athletics and what's expected of you is, is really going up to the point where, you know, like there's just a feeling, you know, like that fast 5,000 I did in Paris the day after the diamond league, there was just, you could sense it from the second you arrived. Everyone here is just trying to run really fast. Like there's an almost an expectation now that someone here has got to do it and everyone believes it can be them. So yeah, I agree, Ben, it's super exciting. Yeah. The, the engagement on some of the stuff as well, I don't know if it's always been this way, but, you know, like the Diamond League Instagram, you look at some of the reels they've posted, which is um, some of them are, yeah, like closing in on a million views, like Faith Kipyagon's um, 1,500-meter world record. That's on, like, 965K views and outrageous amount of likes, 125,000 likes on it. 
you know, stuff like that where it's, I don't know, it just feels like it's getting pushed to the mainstream a lot more, yeah. like it's less niche. Ben is running Good. numbers. It's doing better yeah. running numbers. <laughs> anyway. Unreal. Yeah, so the other race to mention in that was the 1500, which we could, again, we could do a whole podcast about that, but all you need to know the details are eight people ran sub 330, which 330 is like the holy grail standard of 1500 meter running pretty much. So that's crazy for eight to do it in one race. Um, then two or three other guys actually ran 330. So like Josh Kerr, Neil Gawley got, you know, insane times, but couldn't even break the top eight. Um, a special mention, one to Jakob Ingebrigtsen, European record 327. Mo Katir, you know, after his heroic Instagram comments that he's been making recently, <laughs> he ran 328 <laughs> and ran seriously well. And then Nordas, if you are a regular listener and you listened to the last episode, we spoke about this random half marathon bloke, Nordas, that started bashing out some 15s. Well, he ran 329, which he started the season with a PB of 336. So insane. A- absolutely nutty. But um, It's yeah, took three that... seconds off in a week, hasn't he, there? Yeah, he yeah. was at your race he, he in went, uh, Paris. Yeah, so he, he went 3.36 to 3.32 on Saturday and then rocks up on Thursday and runs 3.29. What do you attribute Phenomenal. that to? Is that just being in, you know, such an incredibly deep 1500 yeah. and getting pulled along? I think so. It's belief, I think, is one thing. And then also the other. So I think Matt Stonia has said it himself on podcasts before that he probably wouldn't have run that 3.32 or it, or, or it wouldn't have come as quickly as it did if he wasn't in that red hot, commonwealth games race mm. where every man and his dog was just flying and the pace got taken out heart you've got a home crowd that pulls you around nordas is basically in that situation he's in front of a home crowd in oslo he's probably been there a million times when he's a kid and then he's in a field of guys that are just gonna you know timothy cherry and Jakob are just gonna go blow for blow until one person can't really stand anymore um so i, I guess it proves that y- you don't know your own limits it's kind of like that scene in I don't think it's Coach Carter. I can't remember that. What what film is that American football film where he blindfolds the kid and he makes him? Um, oh yeah, no, he makes mean. him crawl the length of the pitch and he basically says to him, "Right, you're going to go to the halfway line." And the kid's done the halfway line before, so he knows that he can do it. But he says, "Right, you're going to do it blindfolded." And then he they they cheer him on and they tell him, "You're nearly halfway. You're nearly halfway." And he's struggling, but he keeps going because in his head he knows he can go to halfway. And then they whip the blindfold off at the end, and he's actually done the full pitch. So he's done double what he thought his potential was just because he couldn't see it. And in his head, he so, you know, when he couldn't see, he was actually pushing himself to his full potential. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's what you need, kind of. I sometimes think if I didn't see the clock, or if you told me, right, you're on 59 pace, and I was actually running 57.5, would I know? Or would I just keep riding with it because I'm thinking it's 59s and I could comfortably do that, you know? But I guess there is a physiological element to it as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, long, long, long-winded, <laughs> long, long-winded movie. Reference I still can't though. think of the name of the movie, but another good one is Blindside. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I have. It's a bit of a classic. Anyway, yeah. any other results from the Diamond League? Talk about um, Mr. Warhol. Yeah. Back in Warhol's business. Back in business. Yeah. Four fastest 400 meter hurdles. He's been wow. off for a little while, hasn't he? Injured. Yeah, he had a little bit of an injury. He's he's come back and ran some some good times, but nothing like quite mm. up to his standard. But this was the the race I think he'd probably been targeting. He's also Norwegian, isn't he? So yeah, um, he was in front of a home crowd and he just yeah made the rest of the field look like they were semi professional, basically. Yeah, and um, uh, Femke Boll in the women's four hundred meter hurdles, she broke her own meeting record there as well. So. Yeah, all the big guns look like they're firing on all cylinders. 
Um, yeah, really exciting stuff at the moment. It's a long time to go. This is where it gets interesting now because some people will have peaked and they've run their race and Budapest is still, what, six weeks away or something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting. You've got people like Chariot and Cheptegei who haven't quite, you know, pulled it together. Um, mm. You wonder if they'll, yeah, they'll come good when it matters the most. But Well, they're yeah, the guys who are going to be, be training like, come on, we're not quite at the level yet. Whereas all these guys are have got full of confidence maybe they'll start slacking a little bit you never know mm. who knows see. i'm conscious that ben's running out of time so we'll skip <laughs> we'll skip over some of the other results such as it was the uk under 20 and 23 champs today there was so many results from that but you know i'm probably not a priority keely ran on my track <gasps> oh there have you, you go uh, track uh, have you run on it yet since it got relayed? Not yet, no. That was the oh, first so, event. So technically, you're going to go run on Keeley's track, essentially. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Pick up a few little... Um, There's a lot uh, of chancellor athletes that are very excited about that, so well, uh, just yeah. had to get what, that out there. What are the little bobbly bits that come up on the track? You know, the little loose bits, the little red bits no idea, that get mate. stuck to you. Rub rubber. them up and take them home with you. Yeah, little rubber bits. There you go. Take some of them home with you. That's a Put bit on weird. eBay. <laughs> Keely's rubber touched spikes. Spikes yeah, touch rubber. Right, let's anyway, move on. I'm going to stay on. well out of this conversation. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was Vienna Track Nights, which was the final installment of the On Track Night series, other than the Melbourne one that I presume is going to be in the winter, right? I can only presume it's in the winter. Winter for us, mm. summer in Australia. Um, yeah, some, some great races. Um, the pinnacle of it, be, well, there was a great steeple and a great 800 for both men and women. Um, which I don't have the results to the top of my head, but I do know that the Brit, Will Battershill, won the uh, steeplechase in a PB of 8.23. So shout out to Will. Um, but Paul Chalimo won again at this series in the 5K. Um, he ran 13.03. And again, I would implore you to go and watch the final 800 of this race because he was racing this guy who, I don't know what country he was from, um, but he was an on-athlete. And they were having some, they were practically chatting with 800 to go about who was going to take the lead. He was waving him through. Paul Chilimo stepped off the track at one point accidentally because he nearly fell over. It was all a bit wild. But um, yeah, it was a big burn up and yeah, an incredibly good run. Um, follows up his Oslo run over 5K, where by his standards, he didn't run that well comparative to the field. But 6,000 euros heavier, Paul is making that money. And a mm. um, minute. He's yeah. had a good couple of months, hasn't he, financially? Yeah, but it's one of those... They sponsored him. It's one of those where it's like, well, we don't know what he's getting from Kipran, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I just mean for, in terms of exposure from a brand standpoint, he's doing a great job for, for Kipran. Mm-hmm. I'm sure now he's won the second on-running sponsored track night. I'm sure they would have loved to have him in their rooster just for those those few events. Yeah, I think what will be interesting is obviously in the US, you have to go to the trials and you have to be top three in order to make a team. So, you know, it'll be, you can be running really well right now, but you've got to get it right all on that day, haven't you? So it'll be interesting yeah. compared to all the obviously top 5K guys that there are, um, whether he can actually make a team. And that's where Kipran will find out whether their spikes are going to be on the big stage or not. Exactly. Right. Very solid. True. Very solid. Shout out to Jonathan Escalante Phillips as well. Run 1356 from Cambridge, big PB. Nice Brilliant. one. First time under 40. No, no, no. He's run 13.58, I think, or something like that. Okay, so nice. Small PB, but um, yeah, he's been injured for um, quite a few months. So 
yeah, he's been doing, doing a lot of pacing, pacing recently, hasn't he? Yeah, he's I saw been doing a, maybe an Instagram bit. post from him. Yeah, he's been doing a fair bit. Yeah, he paced at the Highgate uh, night of the 10Ks, which I think is why he was so keen to go to Vienna and kind of experience one of the on-track nights from a racing perspective. Um, mm. And also, they had the much better wave lights. If you should, again, go and watch the video. The wave lights, I've never seen them like that before. They kind of had a light on the inside of the track and on the infield, and they had no cover over them like they do on the Diamond League or like the ones I had in Paris. It was very clear and easy lights to see. So Much good. more visible. Exactly yeah, that. Right. Well, we've got Should... a couple minutes left. Should we smash some listener questions? Yeah. I've highlighted a few here that are a little bit snappier. Um, shall I take the first one? Go on, Ben. So the next one, this one is from Peter. He says, is it madness to take gels outside of running to get your body used to them? What are your thoughts? Yes. No. I think for me, oh, I think Tom. it's got to be yes. You need you need to be running. You need to be have your gut under exertion. Exactly. Thank you, Ben. To Thank take you. the fuel on, otherwise there's no point, and you're just Although, yeah, wasting exactly. about three or four pounds a, a pop. That's like um, saying, "Oh, I had a spag ball and I feel fine right now, so I'll probably <laughs> have a spag ball in the middle of our marathon." No, I've definitely, <laughs> yes, I've, I've definitely taken gels outside of a running context just to like see if I like the taste of them. To yeah, see that's, they make that's the only other okay. argument. I guess. Oh, oh my god, see if I Tasting like the taste them. of them. I'm done with this. No, man. there's some gels I've You've had. You've got to be right. so picky. No, 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 no. You've got to be so picky to think you like need that. Oh, right I'm trying to run a 67 half marathon, but oh, I accidentally had a strawberry one at 10 miles. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> the Science and Sport Beta Fuel gels. I had one of them. Right, I thought, oh, I'll take these on my long run. They look good. I took one uh, outside of a running context and had to spit it out. It was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> so that pool, I'm with you. Take it, have them for breakfast. You knock yourself right. out. No, go. good, good question though, Paul, because I can understand yeah, the logic. I can understand the logic behind it, but personally, it would be a no from me. <laughs> yeah, and the so be a bit of a waste of money. Anyway, yeah. uh, another quick one. Uh, this one's for you, Tom, I reckon. Would you wear the Adios Pro 3 or the Tumi Z9 for a 10K race? And why? Uh, Adios Pro 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah, gives, you a bit more, gives you a bit more back, doesn't it? I think, it, yeah, it comes down to the same thing with like the Nike Vaporfly versus the Streakfly. You're going you're gonna to want that little bit extra cushioning. I think the Pro 3 would probably be a little bit better than the Z9. Yes, it's a little bit lighter. Um, but for a 10k race, especially, I'd be going for the Pro 3. Maybe 5k, you'd probably maybe try this, but again, you're still going to have a good race if you're running the Pro 3, so it'd be hard to look past it. Yeah, should we have one more? Yeah, one go more on. Question sorry, this I, week? sorry, I can't, I couldn't add to that last one because I've not tried either. Sorry, no worries. One more question, then we'll go with Sam. He says, if you could witness any historic athletics event live. What would it be and why? Ooh. Oh, that's good. That's a great question, actually. I'm going to say... Oh, oh go, go on, Ben. You go for it, yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, the the 2012 Mo Farah era. I'd have loved to have been in that stadium and seen that live. What, the, yeah. the famous the famous night, the three golds in an hour? Is that what you would have yeah. chosen? Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. mine's, I remember mine's watching very... it on telly and it was, it was magical. Yeah. Mine's very rogue. Tom, have you got one? Yeah, mine's a bit different. Mine, you got you got to go back a little bit to the to the eighties. I would quite like to watch the uh, the fifteen hundred meter Olympic final at the Moscow Olympics. Um, mm. When I first got into running, I watched uh, 
uh, Seb Cove versus Steve Ovet like documentary, proper old school it was, and I was obsessed with it. So I watched all of the old races, uh, all of the old races, like from back in the back in the eighties, and it looked just incredible. They were like rock stars. Um, the way this documentary made it out, so I would like to go back and witness that era. I think. Interesting. I'm good. I'm going to take you a look. I'll take you back a little bit further to 776 BC. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that. I don't know if that's like the official like technical. I don't know if that's like the first Olympics or what. But ancient Greece, right? But if, if I'm allowed just to go now, how I am in my shorts and slippers and just watch, and I get to come back to this life, then I'd go and watch one of the ancient Olympic games because how I imagine it is just being absolutely crazy because they had obviously no health and safety, limited regulations. Everything was kind of just like about physical ability, you know. I think that'd be class to go and watch how it all started. I think that'd be really good, or some sort of like, yeah. I, I think that'd just be world class. So that's what I choose. Yeah, fair enough. That'd be fair. Yeah. Right, um, listeners, let us know what what yours would be because I'm sure we've missed a lot. I know a lot of people would say like Usain Bolt world record for the hundred, or you know, there's a lot in recent times that you can think of, but I bet we're missing some in kind of the, you know the 2000 to 2010 era that would be really good mm. there's some great listener questions on here by the way which we haven't had chance to get to so um yeah we'll get to them next week i reckon yeah when we've got a bit more time yeah mm. well but yeah we better, i better head better... down to to dinner lads we've yeah, nailed we... this haven't we ben's, ben, ben's a minute late so his start is probably going cold so um <laughs> Yeah, we better uh, we better jet off. But yeah, thank you very much for listening to the uh, slightly condensed and shorter episode. We'll delve into the the gory details uh, in the next episode with an extended edition, no doubt. Um, <laughs> so thank- let let us know if you like this two hour episodes. Yeah, let us know if you like this shorter length as well because it was quite that was quite easy, wasn't it? To rattle through, we could PB an episode next. Do forty yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right then lads there you go nice speaking nice to you both all right mate enjoy what are you week. having what are you, what are you having um we have got a pie of some sort chicken oh. leek and oh. something oh pie. jesus yeah. for home cooking right exactly I'm gonna, I'm gonna and there's to go. four of them downstairs so i need to get down there before they all go right all right enjoy your pie won't you let us know how it is on the next episode i will do i'll put a photo on the story i Fantastic. won't post it until tomorrow so that people don't think i'm weird anyway yeah, and, a, and, a, and a massive happy father's day to all the dads out there including tom thanks guys have a good one one and all i'm leaving now goodbye goodbye <laughs>